Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and Digital Addiction 101, Part 2. This is Part 2 of a three-part series. To gain access to Part 1 and Part 3, just look down in the description below. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, everybody, I'm uh, really excited about our show tonight. Jan, can you tell us about today's special guest? Jeff, we're happy to have Dr. Clifford Sussman as our guest. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist and psychotherapist who's been a pioneer in recognizing and treating Internet gaming disorders since 2008. This was long before it became recognized by the World Health Organization as an official diagnosis. As an expert consultant, Dr. Sussman helped develop the first digital use disorder track at Karen Renaissance Treatment Center in Boca Raton, Florida. He is a frequent educator and presenter on this topic, and he trains other clinicians as well. As a programmer, software developer, and gamer himself, he is dedicated to helping people achieve healthier, more balanced relationships with digital technology. You can learn more about Dr. Sussman at CliffordSussmanMD.com. Dr. Sussman, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back on. This is the second part of a three-part series that we've got on ADHD and screen addictions. In the first part, we spent a lot of time talking about the... Uh, uh, biology and the uh, the dopamine uh, and pathways, and I want to get to a lot of detail because I always get kind of lost, but bottom line is we really tried to understand addiction and ADHD, and we got kind of done a little bit with understanding that uh, 
it's, it look, takes a lot of self-regulation, the ability to engage the executive functioning system and override the automatic system to overcome an addiction or to kind of move forward with ADHD. And in this show, I really want to talk about some of the hard parts because I, what I learned from you from our first interview is our brains were developed for specific reasons for survival and these this, this dopamine stuff kind of takes us in those right situations like hundreds of years ago, but now we're in kind of a fabricated world and it's almost like people are laying prey to that. And so we're able to get these releases in other places and we tend to go and move into that area and digital addiction is really coming of age and impacting that. Can we talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, it, the, as I as I said in our last interview, uh, that the brain hasn't really evolved to handle how stimulating and how instantly stimulating the digital world is, uh, and I think that you know we we um, we can't you know as as you and I were talking about in the past, you can um, you can abstain from using other substances like cocaine and heroin. Things like that. So there's a there's an easy treatment goal, uh, but you can't abstain from digital technology because it's pretty much saturated our whole world. Uh, it's become like a part of our culture and our society. Uh, yep, and yep. I mean, if you just walk down the street, you see everybody on their cell phone. <laughs> um, it's, yep, it's a absolutely. Absolutely. So let's. Let, you, you do a great job on your website. You talk about. We're talking about gaming or screen addiction. I want to use gaming addiction here just because it's as a metaphor. And one of the things is it's Candy Crush is just a simple game. Is that it's Candy Crush, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. And and you in your one of your videos, you talk about how you go through the game and say it's a very very simple game to learn, which is easy to get you drawn to. But it's a very difficult game to be good at over a long period of time. But the game brilliantly um, goes through and gives you rewards and different things at the, at the time in various levels for you to get the reward and the anticipation of the reward as a, as a means to kind of get you to kind of keep playing the game. Can you just talk to us about the game a little bit, what you've learned with, with, with regard to that? And I want to relate it back to what it's, how our automatic brain is just kind of going off in that direction. And we don't even know what's going on. So just tell us a little bit more about as you share that that, that particular um, program. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. I mean, years ago when Candy Crush first came out, it, it, you could get it as a mobile app or on your Facebook page. Um, and uh, when it first came out, I was I, I saw the ads for it that were popping up everywhere, and I'm thinking, you know, this I can't believe it. We're we're you know we're after the year 2000. Like video games have been on. <laughs> Years and years now, since I was a kid, you know, I was playing video games yep. as a child, and I'm 44 yep. now, and you know, we, I, I'm like, I can't believe that after all these years, you know, they're trying to resurrect an old style video game where you just have to match, basically, you know, um, you just have to match shapes, like you just move mm-hmm. a, a candy from one spot to another, and you have to get like three in a row or or mm-hmm. something like that, and you just you know, it's a matching game. It's a very simple matching game, um, very similar to, like, among the first video games ever made. And all they did was mm-hmm. naz up the graphics a little. And I'm watching the ad for that, and I'm thinking, I cannot believe that, you know, people are going to play that. But then I uh, 
made the mistake of trying it myself. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's actually been a very good thing for my research. And um, and I I just I couldn't stop playing it. And you know, it was. Um, and and this is the same experience a lot of people have described to me. There the the reason I mean there's so many reasons why it's hard to stop playing, which I understand so much better now through the work I've done with technology yep. addiction. Um and among them are that you know, you have that um immediate gratification where you um you anticipate um what's gonna happen as soon as you see the screen. You anticipate you yep. know, you'll see um, there's lots of cues on the screen. Um, there's there's lots of special kinds of candies um, mm-hmm. that associate with interesting outcomes. So mm-hmm. even before you get that outcome, you're anticipating an outcome, and that's already mm-hmm. starting dopamine to boost. And mm-hmm. you know, so so then um, you'll you'll move a candy, and sometimes you know not much will happen, and sometimes you know, you'll set off a chain reaction with all these explosions and, you know, you'll you'll solve a level in one move or, or you won't solve it in 30 moves. It's very random, and it creates a sort of gambling-like situation uh, referred to by people like B.F. Skinner as variable ratio reinforcement, where every time you play, there's a different outcome. Every move you make, there's, there's a random amount of things that can happen. Um, and it's very unpredictable. And it's that unpredictability that makes it even so much more reinforcing. And then as you were alluding to, um, the game never ends. You just keep going through this world um, mm-hmm. where you just keep getting into higher and higher levels, and they keep getting harder and harder and more impossible to solve. But because there's so much variability in outcomes, even the most impossible levels can be solved if you just get lucky enough. So they get more challenging, and you start feeling better about yourself when you master them and when you solve them. Um, and um, you know, for people who may have wanting to be escape, or for people who may be wanting to escape a world in which they have lots of stress, or maybe because of their ADHD, you know, they don't have, um, they they don't feel that yep. confident in their ability to master certain things that school is asking them to do and they go on to uh, their cell phone during class and they start playing this game because it's really easy to access, um, and, uh, you know, right under their desk, and all of a sudden they're mastering something that they couldn't master in the class. Um, so yeah. that's, that's just some of the reasons, because there's probably even more I could mention. What, 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 just, just as boil it down, is it, in its simple form, this is a very simple game that's easy to start. There's not a lot of barriers, and yeah. you get in there, you get some instant gratification, and then there's some clues, and then it's almost like a slot machine. Like you're doing it for right. a period of time, and when you get that, it's like, yeah, yeah. What's interesting to me is yeah. I'm kind of like, what's the point? It's like Pokemon, which I'll come back to in a yeah. second. But you're so excited about that, hitting the jackpot, that yeah. it's a it's, – it's eliciting things, and here, here, here you are as a psychiatrist who's studying some of this stuff and, and ventures out to do this your own self to say, wait a second, I'm actually having a hard time. I'm having a hard time controlling my primitive brain, and I know I'm, I'm conscious enough to know what's going on. And it's interesting to me because my point that I want to kind of elicit is, is you talked about earlier how stimulating these things are, and, the, and my sense is, is the people that are building the game have already figured these things out from the research oh, yeah. that's been done, and they're building it into the game on purposes. So they're trying to sell us a game that we get addicted to so we can't help ourselves. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's baked into it so that you just 
are blind because I mean I played um, Clash of Clans. Uh, yeah. my, I've seen the Pokemon phenomenon. I'm like, I'm walking yeah. around going, what is going on here? And there's like, I mean, in yeah. Tampa, people, they're pick, kicking them out of parks because there was like, it was a traffic problem. And all this yeah. is, again, these games are designed to prey on that primitive brain. And it's yeah, and let amazing. Let me expand on that. Let, let me expand yep. on that. So we've talked about a lot of the things about Candy Crush that appeal to the primitive brain, as you say. So just basic reinforcement, basic reinforcement yep. schedules and, and reward. Um, but there's a bigger picture about this game. It's um, it, it, it's a it's an escape because the game takes you to this world of candy. You feel like you're in Willy Wonka's factory or or in that board game Candyland you played as a kid, you know. And and you're sort of going on a quest through this land. And you know they keep coming up with new and more interesting types of themes for each of the places you go to. Um, that are all based on this sort of sugary candy thing, and so you you get the sense that you're you're in this little candy paradise, you know. So so you're yep. escaping the the stressful world that you're in, um, but also there's a social factor to it, you know. Oh, like actually, said, can I, you hold, yeah, can you yeah. hold on to that? I want I want to get into yeah. that, but I want to kind of do that after the break. Um, it's actually interesting because you said the word escapism and everybody grab your shorts I got, or your socks. I got a, 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 actually an interesting timing story when we get back. If you're listening to the show and you haven't, go back and listen to our first show. If you haven't, you need to go to Dr. Sussman's website, Clifford Sussman, S-U-S-S-M-A-N. MD.com. He's got a bunch of YouTube videos um, there. In particular, he's got a series of Do My Kids Have Internet and Gambling Addiction? But the fourth video, how is that all put together? That's actually one of your favorites. So it's, it's really good to watch all four, but the fourth one's particularly good. Is that, am I communicating well, that the correctly? One, the fourth one explains to people how, is, how the brain yep. is affected, which is where I feel there's the least yep. knowledge put out there. So I, I feature it on my website on the front page. Excellent. So everybody go check that out. Our secret word tonight is part two. Our secret word is part two. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, here with Dr. Clifford Sussman, having a great, great conversation about digital addiction. And before the break, we were talking about gaming and Candy Crush and the escape and the uh, new places and new places that they go. And I was like, wow, deja vu. Um, it just so happens um, last night I was at a Jimmy Buffett concert, which is talk about oh. escapism. And it's actually yeah. it was a big deal for me because right. it, this, is, this is really pretty scary, everybody. I've seen Jimmy Buffett in concert at least once 
every calendar oh. year since 1980, where I saw him at Merriweather Post Pavilion that's just north of you up in Maryland. And it's funny because it's like – I think that makes nothing. you an official parrot head. <laughs> it's, it is kind of, and I've seen them, I think, in like 17 states all around the place. And but I always, to me, I enjoy the crowd watching. But the point really is, is he markets himself as escapism, and if there's right. something to that. And when you start talking about the the game in that way, is you're playing this game and you get to escape what's going on. And we were talking about the socialness of of, of a kid. I think it's escaping for adults, but. You work a lot with kids because, you know, I want to talk about the socialization, but before we do that, I want to talk about puberty. And I I might be right or wrong on this one, but I'll be interested um, in your thoughts. I remember years ago when my older son was, I think, 14, something happened, and I was screaming, actually, lecturing to him. And all of a sudden, I caught myself, and I realized, wait a second, he's going through puberty, and his brain – again, I'm not so sure this is accurate, but in my mind, releasing all these chemicals for him to grow hair and get his – a deeper voice and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm like, he's actually intoxicated on hormones. And I looked at myself, how stupid am I? I'm yelling at a drunk, um, <laughs> metaphorically, as a means to kind of shut myself up. And so when you've got kids that, are, that have ADHD and, stuff, and you've got these games, it's escapism, and they're starting to go to pu- through puberty, and there's also the social side. Is, to me, there's a real easy way to see there's a draw into this, and escapism sometimes is the reality of what's going on. Can you begin – just talk to us about this and the, the socialism yeah. that's included in these – that even makes it more addictive to be drawn to. Yeah, well, I, I'll go even a step beyond puberty. I think that um, there is an age effect and that we have the potential to become – we're, we're very vulnerable and susceptible to the wonders of video games and other technology, uh, digital technology, uh, even as, as young children, um, perhaps especially so. In fact, I, I believe they're making apps for babies now. Um, I'm not wow. kidding about that. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, yep. my, my wife will download them for, my, uh, for, for our two baby girls and It'll always make me upset, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're cute apps, but um, the point is that children, um, as they grow older, they develop um, uh, more of an ability to inhibit their more primitive emotional brain, what we were discussing in our, in our last yep. interview. Um, the, um, you know, even, even when we're, we're in puberty, we still have um, uh, much more developed primitive brain than we do our the part of our brain that inhibits us that that gets mm-hmm. us to pause think about what we're doing first um so uh you know so so add that to to the hormonal things that are going on and yeah you have like a perfect storm in puberty um yep pu- but but in general teenagers tend to be a lot more impulsive um people with um ADHD tend to be a lot more impulsive and people with uh problematic video game use tend to be a lot more impulsive. Yep. So, um, you know, you can have the perfect storm of all three. Absolutely. And, they you know, it's, I've heard different people say at different times that when you look at somebody with ADHD, assume that their brain developmentally is like 20, 20% behind. So if you've got a 16-year-old, you've got a 16-year-old body, but uh, from an executive functioning perspective, you're really dealing more like maybe a 14-year-old. Is that hmm. – is, is that – does that make is that make any sense or is that just hearsay? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, it's theoretical. I, I you know, um, it, you could you could maybe infer it from some of the studies out there. I don't I don't know if it's 
um, if it's that precise a measurement. <laughs> but yep. but uh, certainly, well, so, uh, I mean, I think it's there's a lot of support for that theory. So suffice it to say, so far, we talked about in the first um, show, we talked about the biological issues, and it requires a level of self-regulation to overcome addiction, and ADHD is very much an issue of that. Now we can see why there's a lot of addictive behaviors with those with ADHD. We're coming in now, and we're start talking about how the brain is, is built this way, and technology and, and, and the, the people building these games know how the brain works, and they're actually starting to feed on it, and we begin to sit and say, okay, we've got a teenager that's playing a game that's designed to hijack that primitive brain and take advantage of the fact they have a hard time self-regulating. We're, mm-hmm. we're building these games around some of that stuff, and then we throw a social aspect onto this where a person can interact with other people socially, whether they do it anonymously or by themselves, um, in a way to kind of maybe kind of pump themselves up a little bit. Can you just talk about the socialization side of, these, of, of, of this and what that does? Well, sure. Um, there, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of ex- describe this uh, in case there's, you know, parents in your audience yep. who may not be that familiar with with what's with how these games have been have been um, made so social. But like, for example, we were talking about Candy Crush before. Uh, as I said, you can get Candy Crush as an app on Facebook, um, so it's directly linked into social media, and you can. See, um, you can link to the other friends who play this game, and you can see what level they're on, and they can see what level you're on. It actually posts your picture to the level that you're playing, so it becomes competitive. And you can also um, share lives with your friends. You can send them special candies. Um, so uh, you can sort of reach out to them without even really talking to them, um, and and um, of course you can send messages to them. And um, many many games have built-in chat engines. Um, I think one of the best examples of a game that's become like a, a, a huge social world is Minecraft. Um, yep. And where you have all these people playing on a server chatting with each other, playing live, um, and it, it's like their social activity for the day. Um, in some cases, you know, you'll see kids perhaps with high-functioning autism where um, it's the only way they feel like they can socialize on a level, socialize on a level playing ground. Um, and as we know, kids with ADHD can have social difficulties as well. Yep. So it offers them an alternative way to socialize than the traditional way in which you can get heavily penalized for being impulsive. Uh, impulsive. Um, it also helps people with, with, uh, that struggle with communication skills. I mean, so much of communication is nonverbal, uh, like That's body cues and stuff like that. You eliminate some of that stuff. You can actually uh, go out there anonymously um, and, and not necessarily be yourself. Uh, you can also think that you're connecting with these people when it's it's a digital connection and you're not really getting that human interaction. All this is being synthesized and simulated into this social space, this, this digital or fictitious social space. And we've talked about this so far in the context of a game, but now we start to expand out because we certainly have Pokemon and stuff like that. But we also go into social media and stuff, and there was a uh, – I didn't actually see it. I just – I saw a clip of it that they were talking about digital addiction, I think, on 60 Minutes. And there was a guy who was sitting there talking, and Anderson Cooper was sitting there, and the guy was talking about 
you know, you get that immediate reward, like, did I get a like or did I get tweeted? And, and, and people right. are running these things, and you start to get some anxiety if you actually haven't checked your phone. So in the first show, we talked about the withdrawal process of the toleration, but you start to move away from that, and people are like, they can't be without checking their their game or their phone or their, their, social, their status on that. And it keeps – again, yeah. it's that automatic brain that keeps taking them back, and they're having a hard time – overriding that urge just based off the fact that these people have figured out how to design these games so that people can't help themselves. Yeah, there's a tremendous amount of fear of missing out, um, particularly um, uh, among teenagers, as you were saying, adolescents, because they're at a stage in life where it's so important to join with their peers and to sort of move on from the previous generation um, and establish their own identities within their community of peers. And so it's so important to them to know what's going on and to know what the other kids are talking about and to, do, to be tuned in with it. Um, and, you know, that's what they get by going on to apps like Instagram and Facebook and uh, yep. all sorts, and, and even by watching the Netflix series that the other kids are watching so that they can go in and talk about it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just we begin to see this kind of like, wow, this is really kind of coming together. I want to go to the break, and I want to come back, and I want to talk about what's unique about this, this, this addiction that's a little bit differently. Because um, we want to tee this up because our third show, we're actually going to kind of talk about the treatment. Um, if you are listening you, and you haven't listened to our first um, episode, if you just uh, Google Attention Talk Radio and um, uh, the biology and issues of ADHD and screen addiction, you find that there. Also, check out Dr. Sussman's website at Clifford Sussman, S-U-S-S-M-A-N-M-D.com. Our secret word tonight is part two. Our secret word is part two, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Dr. Clifford Sussman having a great conversation about digital addiction. We've talked about the biology. We've talked about the perfect storm. We've talked about how the, the engineers of media or games or what have you are kind of uh, they're, uh, they've cracked the code, if you will, on that more primitive brain, and they're playing to it, so we kind of can't help ourselves. Um, and it's click, kind of interesting because I was just saying clickbait. It's a, it's a new yep. term we have now. <laughs> wow, click 
bait. That's, Clickbait. Uh, all right. So, yep, I like that. That's uh, that's social media material for me. Anyway, um, I, I actually think this is going to be a, one of the biggest social issues of our time, um, particularly because, you know, I'm not an expert on this, Dr. Sussman, and I, not that you're an expert on it either, but I have coached a few people with ADHD who have had um, eating addiction problems. And from what I've, I've learned indirectly, and I'm not an expert on this, is that's a particularly difficult addiction to work with because you can't abstain. If you are uh, addicted to cocaine or maybe alcohol or maybe you have a, a nicotine problem, you can abstain. You can just never have that anymore once you go through the withdrawal process. But when it comes to food, you can't not eat. And this digital addiction to me is sounds like very familiar because you it's – I don't even I, – I can't even fathom anybody who's in the middle of nowhere who doesn't have an internet. I mean I don't know if you can get by. It's, it's hard to survive in this world without going digitally, and it's there all over the place. I, this really makes it quite a challenge. Right, right. There, it is very difficult in our society. Well, I would say impossible to be abstinent from digital technology use. But fortunately, um, what, unlike with, with food um, – you can stop using digital technology um, for a much longer time. Like, uh, in fact, for a lot of people who, who compulsively use digital technology, it's much harder for them to um, uh, try to reduce the amount they're using. Like, like someone with mm -hmm. a food problem might might have smaller meals. It's it's very hard um, with with them as well to just you know, play for half an hour and then stop. Um, just like it would be hard for an alcoholic to have one drink and then stop. And it, it actually may be much easier for them, especially if they're if it's a very severe case, for them to start out by doing what I would call a digital detoxification, where they're not going without digital technology permanently, because as we've discussed, that would probably be impossible. But they are perhaps abstaining from digital technology use for maybe two to four weeks. Enough mm -hmm. time to, if people listen to our first video where we discuss the biology, it would be enough time for the dopamine receptors that they've downregulated to re-upregulate, so for them to sort of come back and for the brain to be restored to its previous state so that um, you lower your tolerance for, for be, receiving stimulation and pleasure and um, you no longer crave as much. So, you're, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's still difficult because the brain's been primed, it's still difficult to um, uh, not become, not have a relapse. When, when you start using technology yep. again, it's much easier uh, because you at least you no longer have the tolerance and you start to find everyday activities more interesting and pleasurable. Yep. Um, yep. So it's much easier, more, much easier at that point to use limited use or what we call a harm reduction model. Mm. So as I'm listening to us, we talked the first show about the biology. This show, we're really t kind of talking about the hard part is – um, really, really, really using the executive functioning brain, the inhibitory brain to step in and really exert a lot of effort. And I do mean a lot of effort. I don't want to minimize it as actually to override that primitive brain, which is really needed for those with ADHD just when it comes to ADHD and for addiction. And people might be at this point saying, oh, he's so negative with regard to this. And Dr. Sussman, I think that one of the keys to this is you can't do anything that you're not really aware of. And what I'm hoping that people are starting to get a little bit from, um, 
from our, our first show and our second show and real is that the biology is the biology. It's, it is there. It's not your character. It's not your heart. It's not your soul. Yeah. Certainly there's willpower out there, but there, willpower is a finite resource. It's not something that you can just live on your, your life with. And so there's a biology yeah. side and we're getting into the space and you've got clickbait out there that's preying on you. And what I really hope is that people are starting to get an awareness because if you're going to manage this, there's a level of engagement that the individual has to be in like, oh, that's what it is, in order for them to be able to stop and pause mm-hmm. and say, wait a second, got to engage my executive functioning brain, whether it's to, as we say, pause and ponder in ADHD or pause and look at yourself and say, wait a second, I need to walk away or – I need to build in something where somebody's going to come physically get me because I don't necessarily want to do this. But and yeah. we're, we're going to talk about treatment here a little bit. But in terms of treatment, there is a level of awareness and engagement that a person has to participate. I mean, they just can't let the world take care of this. Is that is that an inaccurate statement? Just give me your thoughts on that. Um, you, you, so, so um, your statement being that uh, that there's a, a level of engagement that a, that a person needs like in other words that you're talking about the the individual with trying to deal with the problem having their own motivation and needing to take initiative and responsibility mm-hmm. and accountability for the behavior is that, is that what you're alluding to yeah or or, or like like as i say if, if 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 a person has an addiction and they don't really want to beat the addiction there's really nothing that's going to happen to beat them as they say is like the alcoholic almost has to hit rock bottom where they're actually motivated right. to kind of do something because right. if, on your own it's just not going to happen there's a level of um inside oh. That's got to help you. Uh, uh, sorry, a level of what inside? A lot, I, I'm using the word umph. <laughs> it's yeah, not a very yeah. scientific word, but there's a level of it's got to click. You've got to have some buy-in. I think there is. Yeah, I mean, I think there comes a point at which um, uh, you, you, you know, your what we call in, in psychiatry your 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 level of your um, your level of change has to change. You know, your your state of change. Yep. Um, uh, you, you know, you have to um, develop an awareness of what of the big picture of what you're doing to yourself, and often it does involve hitting bottom. And um, I, I like to describe it in terms of ambivalence. I think that uh, you know, I often use when I treat um, patients with technology addiction and in individual therapy, I use a technique most of the time called motivational interviewing, which was developed um, to treat substance addictions originally, and it's, it's a combination largely of uh, dynamic therapies and CBT, but it really focuses on the, term, on the concept of ambivalence, that everybody is torn. Everyone has things that they want that, are, that oppose each other, and everyone with any addiction, there's a part of them that wants to change and a part of them that wants to keep using their substance. Um, and so your amb- what, whatever state of ambivalence people have is constantly changing. You know, as, as you have negative consequences for your behaviors um, or negative consequences for, um, uh, for, for changing the behaviors um, or positive consequences for changing the behaviors or for the behaviors you're doing. So... You're, you're constantly being torn in different directions. And, you know, often the first step that gets people to change is that the reasons to change finally start to pull harder than the reasons mm-hmm. not to change. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, and so you try, you know, when I do work with people, I try to help them look internally to find the parts of themselves that are opposing each other and to really yep. understand them yep. and to kind of help sort all that out with them. So it's really interesting because I'm just going to tie this back to what we talked about a little bit in the first show now is there's, again, I, I hope I'm saying something similar, really kind of what you're saying in different ways. You go back to that, the more primitive brain that wants the, wants the juice and then the more inhibitory brain that wants what it needs long-term and they're in conflict um, often because um, we're, we're born that way with what's unique about humans. And it's like that, that going on that's happened in your head to help people become aware so that they, um, yeah. they realize that you're, you're going to have those urges because it was baked into you. If you didn't have those urges, you wouldn't even actually be here. You'd be dead or we'd be dead as a species. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a, it's a real problem that's going on. But the idea is to help people become aware of the background so that they can begin to manage it. So um, is there anything else that we and haven't covered? This yeah, go ahead. I mean, to be aware also of, um, you know, what's driving themselves and what's yep. how they're feeling and um, what it is that, you know, leads to their urges and their behaviors and their choices they make. Um, and why do they repeatedly make choices that, you know, don't work out well for them? It's, it's, I think it's a little bit more healthy to say, oh, it's that, that primal dopamine urge that has me going this direction as opposed to I'm a horrible person as a, compared oh, to yeah. everybody else. It's individual attack where you go, hey, this is, it's baked into me. It's why we've, the human race has survived. It takes you personally out of it a little bit, I think. And, uh, well, again, I like to this tell is really- my patients. I like to tell my patients that they can't control their feelings. They they have a lot more control over their thoughts and their behaviors. And it's really important to be able to separate your feelings from your behaviors, which is a process a lot of us refer to as mindfulness, where you're aware of how you're how you're feeling, so you don't just let your behaviors follow blindly, um, and and you do more of that thinking before you act. You know, it's funny as a coach. We do a lot of having people sit down and I'll have them like look at an object um, for 30 seconds and notice like an extraneous thought come to their mind like uh, why is he having me do this and, that, and they bring their – and I talk to them how they notice their, their, their focus comes back to the object. And I talked to him and said, well, that's really an attention exercise. When you're, when you're focused in on something and you see your thoughts drift away and you bring it back to it, that's a moment of practice. And I talk about it as an attention exercise because then I flip it around and go, that's really meditation because you're focused in on your breath. And when your thoughts move away from that breath, you bring it back to that. And it's a moment of practice that you're doing. And the same thing with feelings is when you have those feelings, to notice that the feeling there and let it go and come back yeah. to what you're looking for. As, as, an, as, a, as an attention coach, it's an exercise just like an athlete would do for you to become aware of it and to kind of override that primitive urge to kind of go at that, which is just kind of fascinating how you bring it up is, is again, we do a lot of that because um, yeah. with ADD, just, just to notice that it's there and to recognize it. We, we interviewed Adam Zatani, who's head of all the curriculum at Sesame Street, and they talk about how they teach preschoolers in, in uh, season 43, emotional self-regulation, which is in a very similar way, kind of like that. So um, I want to wrap things up. Is there anything last that we need to say before we uh, go to our next show and talk about treatment? No, I think I think we've covered a, a lot of things leading into treatment, so so we're probably good and ready to talk about the treatment part. <laughs> so everybody, if you've enjoyed this show, stay tuned for our next one. And with that, Dr. Sussman, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Everybody, 
Go learn more about Dr. Sussman at uh, Clifford Sussman, S-U-S-S-M-A-N-M-D.com. We hope you've, uh, you've taken some great insights from our interview. Um, to catch uh, part one, if you missed it, please click on the description, and um, also you can get a link to part three. With that, remember our secret word tonight is part two. And with that, we hope you enjoyed this and catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.